Thanks for tuning in to the Brooks Free Library podcast. My name is Emily Milan. I'm the assistant director here at Brooks, and I'll be hosting the Know Your Town series. The Know Your Town podcast series is a cooperative effort of the Brooks Free Library and the Town of Harwich Voter Information Committee. We invited the heads of each town department to join us to answer some questions about operations, how COVID impacted their workflow, budget questions, and just general information that would be helpful for the public to know. So grab your coffee and settle in. We'll be back in just a moment with today's guest. Welcome back, listeners. Today, we welcome Robin Kelly. She's our cemetery administrator here in Harwich. Thank you for joining me today, Robin. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm excited to have this conversation uh, with you. But before we kind of jump into the questions, can you take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners and give us some background about your time as the cemetery administrator? Sure. Um, I started um, with the cemetery department in 2004. I've worked for the town for 17 years. (laughs) Um, I went to Northeastern University and then went back to college uh, and got my certificate in uh, professional genealogy research um, at Boston University. And then I went to um, Suffolk and completed the certificate in local management and government. And I am pursuing my master's in public administration currently. I'm on the board. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm a- You're a lifelong learner. I don't mean to interrupt you, but, but librarians like to identify those lifelong learners. <laughs> well, you can learn every day, I guess. So I am on the board of directors of the New England Cemetery Association, and I've been on that for 11 years since 2010. Um, I am on the board of directors of the South Howitch Meeting House, which is a great historical resource here in the town. A member of the Garden Club, and I am on countless genealogy society um, members lists. Well, you know what? I can definitely um, speak to your genealogy background. You've done some programs for us at the library over the years about genealogy. And one of the things I love about you, Robin, is your passion for history and genealogy. So I think you bring a lot to the position as cemetery administrator because that is um, kind of an important part of. Uh, maintaining that historical connection. So I know that we were talking, you know, kind of pre-interview that there are 16 cemeteries mm-hmm. in the town of Harwich, yeah. um, which comprise over 100 acres. And of those, um, how many of those are historical? And tell us a little bit about how, what goes into the care and maintenance of these properties and other functions that you provide as the cemetery administrator? Um, so um, we currently have seven actual active cemeteries, which An active cemetery is where uh, we still currently sell cemetery spaces and we do interments. Um, So that's Evergreen, Island Pond, Pine Grove, South Howitch, Mount Pleasant, North Howitch, and Kelly Cemetery. Um, So a lot of our other cemeteries are historical cemeteries. Uh, We have um, the Old Methodist Cemetery, which is used to be the Seth, Eldridge Cemetery, and most of the Eldridges are buried there. Uh, that's on uh, Queen Anne Road. Um, it dates back to uh, the 1700s. And then we have the East Howard Union Methodist Cemetery, which is uh, on by the church in East Howard, and which I have a CPC article for this year. And that dates back to the Revolutionary War 
and we have Revolutionary War veterans buried in that cemetery, over 200 years old. Um, uh, there's the Baptist Cemetery, which is in uh, West Howitch, and that is behind that church as well. And that's the early 1800s. And we have Hawk's Nest. Again, it's kind of an older cemetery. Um, more Eldridge is in that cemetery. And we have um, Mahatable Wixen, uh, which is on Lothrop Avenue, kind of near Holy Trinity. It's just a single grave site. So some of these older cemeteries, and we have quite, you know, quite a few of those older, smaller family cemeteries. Uh, we just maintain them, make sure that they are mowed. And um, I do, as you know, I've done many CPC articles on historic restoration of the monuments. And uh, we also do, um, we have a, I run a stone cleaning workshop every year. Um, we didn't, we were unable to hold one last year and we're hoping to hold one this summer, but uh, we'll, we'll go out and we'll teach people how to clean the stones and uh, the proper way and for maintenance. Wow. I had no idea about that stone cleaning workshop. That's really <laughs> fascinating. So um, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I know one of the questions that we're asking department heads in this series, um, you know, that's very timely is how they were impacted by the pandemic over the course of the last year. But in thinking about your department specifically, um, it also occurred to me that you guys were heavily impacted by the tornado. So we had first the tornado in July of 2019, which was quick on the heels, followed by the pandemic in March of 2020. Mm -hmm. So you've had a lot of kind of um, major issues that have come up in the last two years, really. Can you tell us a little bit more about how the tornado and COVID impacted your ability to um, carry through with projects and um, just do the work of the cemetery administrator? We had three cemeteries. Well, four had damage, but three had significant damage. Um, Island Pond lost over 400 trees. Pine Grove not had a, some damage. Um, Mount Pleasant lost all the trees that abutted the golf course. And then in Evergreen, we had some significantly large trees uprooted and had fallen over, which um, is always upsetting because we do really love those shade trees in the cemeteries. It brings such warmth mm -hmm. to all the cemetery properties. Um, Island Pond was so significant that we had to close the cemetery for an entire week. Um, we could not get in. Um, there was trees all over the roadways. And um, we were hit with a microburst the day before the actual tornado, which a lot of people didn't know, which took out a whole section on a cranberry circle. And then the next day we were hit with the tornado. The cleanup still was going on till, till we actually had the tree company in this past week to finish up some of the hanging limbs. But um, we had to remove all of the trees uh, and just clean up and clean up all the grave spaces. Um, as a matter of fact, there are stumps in um, all over the cemeteries that are um, later we'll talk about when uh, we coordinate with other departments. Uh, to get those removed, but um, it, it was very significant. Yeah. And I think a, lo a lot I of people were so upset when they went in and, you know, saw all the damage done. We had a lot of memorials that were tipped over that had to be replaced mm -hmm. and uh, not, I mean, not replaced, but, you know, fixed and repaired and stood back up. Some of them were, were broken and it, it was very um, upsetting. 
I agree. I think the impacts of just the tree loss alone was devastating to me. Driving around town, it was just a very visible reminder of what had happened, right? It was really in your face. Mm -hmm. And it changed the lighting as I drove through town and just the the way things looked. It was really bizarre. Thank you for sharing that. I, I appreciate you taking one step back further um, to talk about the impacts of the tornado. Can you tell us a little bit about how COVID has impacted you in the last 12 months? Sure. So um, it's been very difficult, especially for the families. A lot of families have postponed actual graveside services. And are I currently have 36 families who have their, had their loved ones cremated and are still waiting to actually come and travel, you know, due to the COVID mm-hmm. guidelines, you know, some people are coming from out of state and it's very difficult for them to get here. Um, on March um, 10th, when Governor Baker um, put in place his orders, um, I don't know if people were aware of this, but we were only allowed to have 10 people at the graveside. So if you take into consideration uh, the funeral director, myself, um, and the actual people who are the grave diggers or uh, that will be handling like a traditional burial, the family members were only allowed like six people to be graveside. Right. And, and that was very upsetting to a lot of families. And um, it was the first time that I had seen a actual funeral director do almost like a Zoom or a type of uh, media where they would record the services so that other members of the family could see. Um, and then wow. they would gravesides were increased to 25 and, and then they, they were increased up to 50 by December. But during that time period, we were still having to uh, make sure that people wore their masks and sometimes people were accommodating and sometimes they were not and I would carry masks in my car and say, you have to wear your masks. And it's very upsetting to um, the family. They want to grieve in their own way, but I have, you know, we have to adhere to the guidelines and it is a public space and we want to make sure everyone is safe. And um, some of these people's loved ones died from COVID and you have to take precautions for everyone involved at these graveside services. So it, it did impact us, um, and I think it did take an impact on some of these families with their grieving. And we're hoping to do mm-hmm. some type of um, a, an event this summer, hopefully like a butterfly release or something, so that families who were, were not allowed to really have a very close family members come, that maybe we can have another attendance as soon as we're, some of the guidelines are even lifted a little bit um, more. Well, hopefully we have a light at the end of the tunnel. And as you've mentioned, there'll hopefully be some opportunities this summer to um, plan and coordinate some other Mm -hmm. events uh, for these families who missed that opportunity. Robin, can you briefly describe to me the cemetery department? Sure. The cemetery um, department, well, it's this, it's really the mission of the cemetery commission. And it is to preserve the Howard cemeteries and to pay homage to those who built the town and made it what it is today. We owe it to our pioneering ancestors that their monuments are not forgotten, that their contributions are remembered for the future generations to come, and the Cemetery Cemetery Commission 
is hoping to educate the public on the historical importance of our cemeteries. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you mentioned to me that there's also a mission statement for the new Marston Arboretum. Um, so the mission of the Arboretum at Island Pond is to engage, educate, improve natural resources and to enrich the lives of our constituents in order to enable them to become better stewards of our local history and their environment. Fantastic. I love that focus on environment. I'm really excited about visiting the Arboretum um, as soon as I have a chance. Yeah. Can I just thank all the people who helped us with the Arboretum? So we have to, I have you. to thank Amy Uzelski, our conservation agent, our administrator now, the Cape Cod Regional Technical High School students who came out initially to help identify the trees, uh, Monomoy Regional School District, and especially their curriculum director, because they are working with me creating curriculum for the school kids. Uh, we have some local bird watchers taking photographs in there, some local historians, AmeriCorps of Cape Cod, who have done countless projects in there, removing invasive species, and Russ Norton from the Cape Cod Cooperative Extension, who uh, did soil uh, report for us on all of the property within the Arboretum property for free through the county, and um, also uh, Dan Pelletier, who helped us with uh, the mapping. And uh, we are the only accredited Arboretum on Cape Cod. Um, so the, the next question on our list, uh, we've talked about your mission and, and what you do as cemetery administrator and some of the challenges you've faced over the last couple of years. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how your department is supported by other departments here in town and how you work cooperatively with some of these other departments? Sure. Um, so I work closely, very closely with Amy Uzowski, who is our conservation administrator. Uh, we work together and we have been working together for the last two years um, on the Marceline Arboretum project. Um, it, in the Marceline Arboretum, a lot of people just think it's just the cemetery, but it's the cemetery plus seven acres of conservation walking trails. So um, together they make up the, the Marceline Arboretum. So we work together um, and coordinate with AmeriCorps. Um, two years ago, I only had an AmeriCorps member for one day a week, which I shared with Amy. This year, we were both lucky to get our own AmeriCorps members two days a week each. Um, so uh, I have um, Ashley this year and she has Caroline. So we work together on projects and it's everything from, you know, cleaning up the limbs and stuff in the, in the Arboretum property to removing invasive species and um, identifying all the invasives. Uh, she has taught me a lot about um, plantings that I never knew. Uh, I'm a cemeterian and she actually, you know, works for the conservation department. So it's been great working with her and I've enjoyed it immensely. Um, I also have been working with the DPW, obviously. Um, they have several different departments you know, under the, that umbrella, helping me with, um, in all of the cemeteries, with anything from uh, irrigation issues to uh, maintenance issues in, with, uh, on any of the cemetery properties. And then I've also been working with Dan Pelletier uh, from the water department. Um, he has, you know, they have mapping systems over there, which we don't have access to here in the cemetery department. So he created the um, 
a map for me to identify the placement of the trees within the cemetery with, and we use GPS for that. So he is, he's been great. Um, and then lastly, uh, this year we coordinated between the golf department, the DPW and myself to purchase a stump grinder. Um, and that's going to help the whole town. So the DPW will be using it around town where there's stumps left from all the trees that were down. The golf course will be uh, cleaning up the golf uh, course over at Cranberry Valley, and I'll be using it in the cemeteries. So we are, you know, it's a $60,000 uh, piece of equipment, and we're splitting it three ways. So it, um, that was it. Oh, the other thing is, is I also work with uh, the Brooks Academy Museum. So every year I do um, a tour, one or two at least, um, with the Howitch Historical Society. And this past year, even with COVID, we did one at Pine Grove, um, Duncanberry Let It. And I don't know if you were familiar with that tour, but it was uh, fantastic. He is a great speaker. And Marie, the new director of the Brooks Academy, uh, also uh, mm -hmm. the three of us did a little tour down there. And um, I always like coordinating with them on historic tours. And, Absolutely. They do a fantastic job. That's one of the highlights of my year when I see some of their tours um, where they have guides dressed in yes. period costume headed down Main Street through the center <laughs> of town. Um, I always love seeing those. So we've talked a lot about, you know, uh, some of the other departments that you work with and the job that you do. Tell us about the financial piece of that. You know, with every town department, you have kind of your manpower resources, um, but then you have the budget that backs all of that up. So can you tell us a little bit about the cemetery department's annual budget? So, that, so the total annual budget for the cemetery administration, which is just really me in the office and overseeing because the DPW has the workers in their department. So my budget is $77,152. Uh, that, in, that includes my okay. salary, which is $66,434. And then the expenses for administration is $5,717. Most of that is water utilities that we use in the cemeteries. Um, if you go in the cemeteries, you'll see spigots in all the cemeteries and people, we encourage people to do plantings in the cemeteries. We want it to be like more like garden cemeteries um, so that they feel warmer and more welcoming. Uh, I think more people have gone to the cemeteries this year than they ever have because uh, they want to get some outside recreation in. And I think they're all um, starting to discover the beauty of the cemeteries here in town. That's great. So um, the cemetery also has a revolving that fund. Is is that is correct. So we have a cemetery revolving fund. Um, uh, we can have up to $100,000 in that each year. And we do ex expenditures out of that. The $20,000 that we're getting the stump grinder from is coming out of that budget. Um, that also pays for um, when we have the tree company go in there and remove trees. We recently had the stockade fence at Mount Pleasant damaged in three sections. So that pays for that. And um, we use it for other different um, expenditures that come up over the year. Gotcha. So it sounds like you have an operational budget and then you're, you use the revolving fund kind of for like more capital type yeah, projects and, or and, and, and maintenance. Uh, like so the, yeah. 
So my expenses only cover my water, my telephone, office supplies, and do subscriptions and mileage. And that's that's all it covers. It doesn't cover gotcha. any expenses, really, except for the water out at the cemeteries. So, Robin, um, you... I know that you are also supported in, in your work by the Cemetery Commission, which, if I'm not mistaken, has three appointed that members. Is, is that correct? correct? Yeah. So um, are there other ways above and beyond the Cemetery Commission that um, community members can, um, you know, stay informed of the projects you have going? I know watching those meetings can be a really productive way of staying up to date with um, the projects that you have going. Are there other ways that we can stay informed about like the new Marshline Arboretum? Yes. Or so, anything I, else? so I currently work, um, I'm currently working with a whole bunch of different groups of uh, people right now. Um, so I always want to give a shout out to Jerry Schumann and Diane DeGeneres. So they are both, I met them through the Garden Club. And they were instrumental helping me make my master plan for the Arboretum. But they've also helped me um, include the uh, Garden Club members in this project. So we have a lot of them that are participating in our upcoming June tour that we are doing at the cemetery. Um, we have an annual tree tour, which I will get all the information over to the library so you guys have it. And because of COVID guidelines, Great. we have to be socially distanced in the cemetery so we've had a number of them volunteer to be at different stations. So whether they're at the ginkgo tree, you know, telling visitors this is, you know, what the tree is or, you know, the red maple or whichever tree that uh, they are near or um, garden, because we have several gardens in there as well. Um, they can give a little brief description, but we have to keep people moving along and we have to make sure everyone's socially distanced. So a whole bunch of them have come forward to volunteer. And we also are looking for local artists to sketch the leaves. So all of our tree tags that we'll be having in the cemetery will have their common name, scientific name, and like a two brief uh, line of uh, identification, like where it grows or how tall it will be or where it's native to. And so we have so far, um, the first person who volunteered to do it is Bernadette Waystack, who is a local artist and teacher. And um, so Marcy Ford is being drawing some of the sketches. Amy Uzelski, who I didn't know was an artist, is doing some. And Kim Connors. So we have a lot more people who have been reaching out and saying that they want to contribute and participate in that. So uh, I'm excited to see all of these um, sketches come in and then we'll have the tree tags installed but they can volunteer anyway we have we do the stone cleaning here and at all of our cemeteries or they could help out with the marshalline arboretum we, we uh, welcome volunteers that's fantastic i'll make sure that i put um your contact information in the cemetery department's webpage in the show notes so that people can just click right on those and connect with you to get signed up for one of those wonderful volunteer opportunities. Thank you so much, Robin, for your time today. I really appreciate it. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this segment of the Know Your Town series. We hope you enjoyed it and learned a little something new in the process. Visit the links in the show notes for more information on the resources discussed in each episode and to sign up for alerts via the Civic Ready Alert system. 
If you're considering joining a town board or committee, we hope you'll visit the Voter Information Committee page on the Town of Harwich website, where you'll find a list of current vacancies and information on how to apply. Thanks for listening and take care, everyone.